Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bloodlines are drawn. Let's step into the ring. Welcome to In This Ring. The greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. And now, Joe Pizzapia. Let me talk to you. What's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's you, and it's me, and we're talking all things wrestling like we always do on the In This League podcast network. Don't forget to join the ITL army over on Patreon today, and don't forget to subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your pods so you know when a new episode drops of the most incredible wrestling show you ever heard. And today, we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber, what went down, and the aftermath. I wanted to give it a little time to breathe, because I wanted to see where things were going, and how they were going to continue the story. But it was a it was a pretty solid Elimination Chamber, and the last hour of that show was all-time classic stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the aftermath, a little Raw, little Smackdown, what's going on there. We're also going to talk a little... AEW, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy who craps on AEW all the time, but the ratings are showing that I'm not crazy here. And it's been a rough go here for AEW in the last couple weeks. Ratings are down. We'll talk about why. We'll also talk a little bit about the Kenny Omega contract, which a lot of people are speculating about him potentially moving to WWE, what that would mean. But again, before we do, don't forget, follow us on social media too at In This Ring and at Joe Pisa PS17. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Elimination Chamber, and we got to start at the top. We got to start at the last match. We'll get to the Elimination Chamber stuff and all those matches, which were good. They were solid. Very, very entertaining. The men's especially very good. One of the better ones that I've ever seen. And this one here, this in particular, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns main event. You know, we have pushed this story to this moment And I got to tell you, you know, from the beginning of it, bringing out Roman first, that was the right thing to do. Let the crowd absorb their hatred for Roman. Let him soak all that in and really build that up and build up the animosity. It was so well done. Sammy comes in next. Fantastic. And the fact that, you know, they waited so long to start the match and they really, the crowd all night was great. And there was a part of me a little worried, you know, are they just here to see Sammy? Are they good for other stuff? They were great for everything. It was a fantastic crowd. They were super into the whole show and they had tons of energy left. And I was a little worried because they were there in the same building the night before. And sometimes, you know, two nights in the same building, you don't have the same thing, but no, no, no. Montreal in the bell center (laughs) was ready. They were absolutely 100% ready for this match. And it was, look, as far as a match goes, it was very simple. It didn't have any bells and whistles, no flashy moves, nobody going off the top rope, none of that stuff. None of that stuff was here in this match, which shows you that when wrestling's at its peak, you know, the athleticism's important, the moves are important, the choreography's important, but the story and what you're trying to get across here and the characters and making people invested in what's going on is important. And it had all the it had all the right notes to it. I don't want to not sell it as a good match because it was, <clears throat> but it had no frills. And I think 
this is what was, you know, so great about it, too. And they also, they worked in Sami Zayn's family in the front row. He played to them, his kids there, his wife's there, his family's there. Roman plays into them, does the entire thing about, you know, I I wanted, I didn't want this to happen. You know, you know, it's his fault that we're here. And, and it's all so great. It's all so great. But I could not believe how long they got away with before starting the actual match. Because it really, there was no letdown. It just kept building and building and building. And the crowd was just so hot. It was great. I mean, look, I've been in the building for some hot crowds. I was in the building for Triple H's return to Madison Square Garden after being out on injury. It was crazy. I was in the building for WrestleMania 15 with The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that building was split, mind you. That building was a kind of a 50-50 building of who they wanted to win that match at the time. I don't think I've ever been in a building where it was so obvious that everybody in that room <laughs> wanted one outcome. And it was it was magic. It was great. If you haven't seen this, go check it out. I'm telling you. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. It was the highest. Of course, it's the most watched. Of course it is because it's on Peacock. You also put it on a Saturday night, which means people had more time to watch it, which is also fine. I kind of like that. They're on Saturday nights now. You know, where you can watch it on Saturday, and if you don't have time to watch it on Saturday, you watch it on Sunday, you get caught up, and you're still caught up before Raw on Monday. That's good. Um, <clears throat> they had some great false finishes here for this match, too. You had some really great stuff there. With, you know, it was well-calculated, and <clears throat> Roman doesn't get enough credit for his in-ring work. You know, people always crap on him, but you know what? He has... It's it's undeserved, because he he really knows how to have this kind of match. And I think that it shows once again here. He's had really good matches with Kevin Owens, with Jey Uso. He had good matches. He had good matches with Drew McIntyre. He has, he's had good matches with Seth Rollins. He's had good matches with a lot of people. Uh, I thought the match against Cesaro was great. In this whole run, he's had a lot of really strong performances. And this was another one. And people, I think, tend to forget how great Sami Zayn is as an in-ring worker. So all of this worked, and of course, then eventually, you know, you had the bloodline getting involved, and you had the whole stuff where Jey Uso doesn't react, and then, you know, eventually you do get, you know, the the referee stuff was good too, because, you know, you knocked out the first referee, everybody knew that was coming. Then there was that moment where it looked like they screwed up, where they were supposed to knock out the referee again, the second referee. And I've watched it twice now, and I still can't tell if that was just kind of a tease, where they're like, okay, or they legit, like the ref was in the wrong spot and he missed getting knocked out, but they got him up the second time, that's for sure. So Sammy did pin Roman, one, two, three. Roman did pin Sammy, one, two, three. Unfortunately, there was no referee to count any of these things. Uh, but it was all so well orchestrated. And, you know, the kicking out of the spear too, I mean, all that stuff... And then, of course, when you do get Jey Uso involved, it's it's great because he you you feel the dilemma. The guy who was always so tough on Sammy, who was, became his defender, who became his, you know, like a brother, and then his actual family. And you get this whole fun thing, and it's just great. And, of course, then you get Kevin Owens coming to save the day after the match, after Roman wins the match. The Paul Heyman moment, throwing raining blows upon Kevin Owens was hilarious. Um... Everything just worked in this. It was just start to finish, fantastic, five-star stuff. I don't know what Meltzer gave it on the star rating. I don't care, but this is what a five-star match looks like. It's about being invested in the match. 
and everybody was invested in the match. And you know what? You're going to look back on this and it's going to be one of these historic moments there. <clears throat> the rest of Elimination Chamber, uh, pretty strong, save one weird thing here. So Austin Theory ends up winning the men's elimination, but you've set up some really great stuff here because you set up, um, just to kind of get you caught up on there, we had that Seth Rollins in there at the end with him, Montez Ford, who is playing up the injury. They have to open the doors and get all these people in. And of course that allows Logan Paul of all people to get in here, who does a better buckshot lariat than hangman page. So, I mean, to go explain that to me and he knows where the cameras are at all times. And he knows how to deliver everything. So we're going to get Logan Paul and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And I can't wait for it. It's going to be fantastic. It might even, it might be one of those. If it's on night one, it could steal night one. And if they were smart, they would put it on night one because I got to tell you, I think it's going to be really good. I really do. Um, everybody else in this match too, I think came out better for it. Uh, Seth Rollins and Gargano in the beginning started it. And you could tell that there is chemistry there. You could tell that these two guys just like each other, which by the way they work. Uh, they had some fun moments too, where they're on the top of one of the, uh, the elimination chambers hanging out there for a second. Uh, the spots in this match were really well orchestrated. This whole pay-per-view and I tweeted this, Elimination Chamber felt like an old school NXT takeover. It was everything was there for a reason. Everyone had purpose. Everyone had the moments to get over. And that's what was so great about NXT takeovers. Now they were shorter than what this was, but because of the crowd reaction, everything got elongated at the end. But for the most part, this felt like an NXT takeover from, I don't know, 2018. And that was peak NXT for me. And that was great. Uh, Montez Ford had an incredible moment there. And he, he has all the earmarks, and I think we all agree, of being a, a single star. And I don't think they have to break him up. I don't think he has to turn on his... I don't think any of that stuff has to happen with Angelo Dawkins in order to do that. You know, people always say, well, one guy got to turn the other. No, they don't. They don't have to turn on each other. Just push forward. You know, if they want to be friends still and to get them in some tag team moments, you could do that too. But I've never seen what Montez did, which is climb up to the top there and invert himself and then fall down everybody. Gargano's amazing moment that Hurricane Rana off the top there with Seth Rollins was fantastic. Uh, incredibly well orchestrated. Damian Priest had a lot of good moments uh, in this match as well. He looked strong. Uh, the surprise for me, because I didn't know how they were going to really work him in there, was Bronson Reed. And it took three finishers to finish him off. He came off like a monster. Even though he lost, he, he was better for it. And you could say that Gargano, Bronson Reed, Montez Ford were all showed in the best light they've been since they've been in the company, I think, in this one match. So kudos to whoever booked this match and kudos to everybody in it. Theory did exactly what Theory was supposed to do, which is come out the winner. And there were some really good spots in this. Uh, it was really strong. Uh, working backwards to the women's elimination uh, chamber match, which opened everything. We knew it had to be Asuka. I said it was going to be Asuka, and it makes a lot of sense. And I like, I honestly, I think Asuka needs a win at WrestleMania. Because if she doesn't win at WrestleMania, then we're just kind of killing an Asuka again. I don't know how many times we could do that and then keep her viably on the roster. It, it frustrates the hell out of me. So Asuka's got to go over here at WrestleMania. And Bianca's not, Bianca'd be fine. Let her chase for a while. But we need to have this other thing. We need to, if we're going to redo Asuka, remake Asuka, let's do that. Uh, and this was also pretty strong for the most part. Um, Natalia got a nice reception there. It was fun when she put the 
sharpshooter on Liv Morgan. The reaction she got was great. The second one was not as good, obviously, because people were like, hey, okay, you know, once is good, let's not go crazy here. I still say Raquel Rodriguez is a heel. I don't, I can't stand her as a babyface. It just doesn't work for me at all. So hopefully that turn is coming sometime in 2023. Uh, Liv Morgan had some good moments in this. You want somebody like Natalia in this match because she's such a veteran who knows what to do and knows how to direct traffic. And you know what? <laughs> for what it's worth, Carmella was pretty good too. You know, you know, being kind of the vulture of pins there, exactly what her character should be doing. So good on her. Nikki Cross was fun, though short-lived in this match, but this is exactly what it needed to be. And exactly what we needed at the end. It was a clear, everybody was going to be for Asuka. And this was great. Again, this this feels like now Triple H and company are involved with the booking of Asuka. To, and anybody who thinks the rumors of Vince McMahon is booking again, if you think that's true, all you had to do was watch the Elimination Chamber matches because that was, I mean, there's no way Johnny Gargano was in the Elimination Chamber. Okay? Or Bronson Reed for that matter, if Triple H isn't building things up. The, the package of what you're getting with Oscar right now is solely because of where we're at with Triple H and the remaking of Oscar. Because he knows what a star she is. Because she was undefeated. She was a huge star in NXT. She came to the main roster. We built her up. She didn't really jive on the main roster right away. And then she loses the Charlotte Flair over and over and over again at big events. And it just kind of killed a character. This is your last dance with her. Because she's 40. She looks great for 40, but she's 40. We're going to give Asuka a run. This is the time. And Asuka carried women's wrestling in pandemic. Holy crap. During the Thunderdome era, Asuka was hilarious. She carried that piece. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar was weird. I just thought, I mean, you got the weird disqualification. I mean, Brock Lesnar and Omos, is that really what we're doing? I hope not. It seems like we're going to do Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley, which I'm not loving more on Bray Wyatt stuff later. Not really thrilled with where that's going right now. Uh, the other match on this was Beth Phoenix and Edge against Judgment Day. They got a great reaction to this match. Uh, I think it's setting up Hell in a Cell. We finally gave Edge a win, which I think was important. You give him a win in Canada, you get everybody all hyped up, and you move right into the men's elimination. It was good. It was good construction of a pay-per-view or a live premium event, whatever the hell we're calling it now. Um, and look, credit to Beth Phoenix, man. She could still go. There's no reason not to think that Beth Phoenix doesn't have one more singles run in her, and I think they should do it in the summer with Rhea Ripley. I really do. I think that would be super fun. So all in all, this was a strong pay-per-view. If I was going to give it a grade, you know, the end was so great that it has to be an A-. minus. The minus is only because, like, there wasn't a whole... I mean, the Elimination Chamber matches were good. Everything else was good. The men's I th elimination, I think, was was very good, I would say. But everything was so great. I mean, heck, let's just give it an A. Not even a minus. Let's just give it an A. Because I care. And I want to see what happens next. And that's the whole point. I want to see what happens next. So what did happen next? Well, of course, we got the opening to Raw, which was terrific, which is the slow burn of Kevin saying, hey, I helped you out, buddy. Because I didn't want it to happen to you. What happened to me in front of my family? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And you know what? We didn't get the quick, we're all friends hugging moment, which is great because we got a month to build this thing. So let's slow burn it. Well done. Thank goodness. Now, I heard that they were concerned about potential Cody Rhodes coming out there and then the crowd chanting Sammy. And they averted that by him coming out, barely getting out his, so what do you want to talk about? And Paul Heyman interrupting him in what looked like the most hilarious, you know, stiff neck brace wearing both titles around his neck. I mean, Paul Heyman is a national treasure, folks. Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen. And then, you know, he hits him with this whole thing about, you know, are you ready to be that guy? Roman Reigns is. Roman Reigns is on the road doing all these things and kissing babies and and signing autographs and doing all that stuff. And he's away from his family and all this stuff. And you know what? Cody finally said, enough of you, Paul Heyman. Don't send your messenger boy anymore, Roman Reigns. I want to see you. And the crowd was into it, man. Look, look, the crowd loves Cody. It's the easiest babyface booking, and it's fallen into their laps, and it's awesome. And I just want it to happen. That's it. Everybody just wants this to happen. It's the perfect way to make a new superstar, and Cody is equipped to be at the top. Not everybody is. He's got the right look, the right moveset, history of the business, the lineage, understanding the weight of what all that means. And he's at a point in his career where he's earned it, and people want him to be that. And you don't get that crossover very often. You know, that's a magical thing when you can get it. And at some point, the crowd will turn on him because that's what crowds do. And he'll be a great heel when he does. But for right now, let's just enjoy this for the love of God. Uh, other things on Raw, you know, we're trying to build back Baron Corbin, which is going in the right direction. That was good with him and Sami Zayn. That was actually very good. I like this. You know, you're kind of giving him weight by fighting these bigger guys. And maybe you can rejuvenate Baron Corbin. Stop calling him Happy Corbin. Can we stop calling uh, Mad Cat Moss, Mad Cat Moss? Can you call him Riddick Moss again or just something else? Because Mad Cat makes no sense. But anyway, Lita and Becky Lynch are clearly going against damage control. It seems it's going to happen. Everybody thought that Trish Stratus was going to be there or she was there and she didn't get involved. I don't know why. I mean, we've got a huge pop, so I'm not sure if it's not a three on three match. What the hell's going on here? But Dakota Kai is still injured, so I don't know what is going on here. But it seems like we're doing Lita and Becky Lynch against some formation of damage control, which is fine. Like, I'm, I'm good for that. That'll be entertaining. Um, the rest of Raw, I mean, you know, again, we have Bobby Lashley and uh, at the end and, you know, the weird MVP stuff and... Look, I think we all want the Hurt Business to get back together. Now, on SmackDown, the saga continued because you had, at the very end of SmackDown, Jimmy Uso going, calling out his brother, and then Sami Zayn showing up and giving him his stuff with Jimmy, and it was so great, and then Jey Uso shows up and Solo shows up, and we're leaving on cliffhanger, so every week we're getting a piece of the story, and it's great. It's great. I just watched, you know, their A&E is back again with their stuff about, uh, you know, like the, the rival show and the biography. And they did one on, uh, on the NWO. And it was hilarious because it's, it's a lot of Hulk Hogan instead of a lot of truth. And, you know, you know, Hulk Hogan's lying because his, his lips are moving. Cause you just listen to everything coming out of his mouth and you're like, Oh, you just roll your eyes. You're like, well, that's not entirely true. Or that's not exactly what happened. Or that's like, it's just like, come on, dude. I wish it was more Kevin Nash, and unfortunately, Scott Hall is no longer with us. Uh, but Bischoff was interesting on it. But the point I'm making is, the NWO was absolutely the hottest thing. The NWO was a skyrocket wrestling into a new place that did give the impetus for the entire 
you know, attitude era in WWE that followed. I'm not, I'm not discounting the importance of the NWO, but as great as that was, it never had the depth of what this bloodline story has had in the last year. The bloodline story is just, it crushes the NWO. NWO was interesting. It was fun. It got bloated. It got weird. It got just downright silly and stupid, but my God, how we care about what's going on in the bloodline. It's just, it's just awesome. It's great. The other thing that's great too is Imperium. Imperium is amazing. That first match with Strowman and Ricochet and Moss was fun. Imperium is great. Gunther will be champion. Gunther will win the, I think the rumble next year. And I wouldn't be shocked if Gunther goes over at Mania next year. He is a star. How are they going to get that belt off him? I don't know. We'll have to see. The Dominic Mysterio stuff. I can't believe I'm here. It is the 25th of February. I'm recording this and I enjoy Dominic Mysterio's nonsense. So anything is possible. And speaking of anything is possible. Then we get to the Bray Wyatt stuff on SmackDown, which was just weird. Like, where are they going with this now? It seems completely disjointed. We're back in the fun house. Uncle Howdy's at the weather map. Uh, you know, we've got action figures. We've got Rob Zombie nonsense in the background. You know, like his editor-in-chief came in to, to edit all this stuff together. It's just, I don't know. And, and now all of a sudden him and Bobby Lashley, why? Who cares? I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I just, I'm not into it. And it's a shame because I thought Bray Wyatt, when he came back, actually was on the precipice of doing something really cool and different. He's not. He's not. It's more disjointed than ever. You know, I don't know if Sanity's coming back or if they're going to put Nikki Cross and Eric Young and those people with Bray Wyatt in the funhouse. I don't know where it's going, but they better. It's it's headed for a nosedive and they better pull out of it fast. That's all I can tell you. Now, speaking of things headed for a nosedive, how about the ratings of AEW lately? Holy crap. We're getting the 700s now. That's not good. They were pushing a million when CM Punk was around last year. Now we're in the 700. That's a lot of drop off. And I got to tell you, it was, it was a bad show. The only thing that saved it, MJF redeemed himself. I told you I was not a fan of MJF two weeks ago. I thought that promo was a little much. This promo was great. I don't know. I had, it had, he had me Googling whether or not his fiance left him. It was great. So MJF, Daniel Bryan is great. Everything else on the show was crap. I'm sorry, folks. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, do I care at all about evil Uno and John Moxley fighting? Not in the slightest. I do not care about this. And they're all bloody all the time. I mean, geez, it's just, if you do it every time, it means nothing. It's like having everybody have a championship. And now Malachi black and the house of black. I'm supposed to care about again after the 5,000 reboots of them. Like the spooky moody nonsense. What the hell is Claudio Castagnoli doing? Slapping the crap out of Wheeler Yuta. I'm just confused. I just, it's, it's just a confusing. The Jericho stuff is confusing. This, this show needs somebody to come in and be the booker. They have talent. I've seen it. They have opportunity. Guys like Wardlow. Guys like Swerve. They have talent. Nobody is in the right place at the right time doing anything they're supposed to. And nobody cares about anything. It's just all thrown together. And you know what pissed me off the most? Here's what pissed me off the most. We did another one of these classic Tony Khan has a major announcement things, which you know is just going to be a letdown and everyone's mocking it. So just stop doing it. And instead of just doing a promo 
for whatever this show is going to be, where it's like a backstage look, it's one of the WWE shows, like Untold or 365, where they go and they look at a wrestler's journey over things that are going on in their real life. And that's fine. That's great. Okay, cool. But to have Adam Cole be the mouthpiece for this, this is the guy that's probably got the most momentum right now that everybody cares about. And he is out there shilling for the company, doing a promo for what could equate to a lesser version of Ms. and Mrs. Are you kidding me? That's what you're going to have to do with this? This is the dumbest decision ever. And poor Adam Cole put in a situation to do this is so dumb. And I know the first one's about him and I want to see it, but this, he's not the person. Like, hey, guess what, everybody? Next week, you can start to watch this other show that nobody's watching for another, you know, extra hour to make it go even longer in March of all times during March Madness, which is a terrible time to debut a show like this. It's stupid. Oh, this is so dumb. And the execution of it was so dumb. They're killing Adam Cole already. Adam Cole came back with momentum. Everyone's excited. He is your next perfect babyface. He's your next champion. He could take the belt off of MJF. And you can go with Adam Cole and a bunch of different combinations you could do there, which is going to be great. Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. Adam, Adam Cole versus, you know, you could do Jericho if you want. You could do anybody. Who cares? John Moxley, Claudio. I mean, all of them. Daniel Bryan. I want to see all those matches. But I can't have Adam Cole out there shilling for the company, promoing a new show. It is so awkward. It was so bad. It was such a joke. And Tony Khan didn't have the gum out, guts to come out and do it because, you know, everyone's going to like just roll their eyes when he does it. Just run a promo for it and say, and, and here you know, is Tony Khan and saying, we want to introduce a new show and here it is. Boom, that's it. That's all you have to do. Pre-tape it. Oh, such bad television. They're killing Adam Cole and I'm so mad. And you know what? The ratings continue to nosedive. And CM Punk doesn't come back. They're going to have to make some hard decisions. And apparently Kenny Omega's contract is up very soon. We already know that FTR is leaving. They're going to WWE, folks. You can hear them talk about all the nonsense about, oh, we want to go work in Japan. No, they don't. They want to get paid. Those guys have been around the block more than once. They're older. It's time to get paid. They're in the perfect opportunity here. Get matches with the Usos and the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits and whoever else you would get revitalize the tag team division in a big way. After WrestleMania, guarantee you that's going to happen. Kevin and Sammy versus FTR. What? Sign me up for that. Can we get that match, please? Now, Kenny Omega is in an interesting spot here because Kenny Omega is an EVP, but, you know, he goes back to Japan has a great match with Will Ospreay. And I think it's like a reminder of everybody's like, oh yeah, you were a star. Because he doesn't feel like a star in AEW. Now, I, I love Kenny Omega in Japan. I don't like Kenny Omega in AEW. I've made no bones about that. I did not like his run. I don't like the presentation of him. I thought this whole having all the belts with Impact and MLW and all the places he had the belts, it just, it was a good idea and it was so poorly executed that it just fell apart. Now, Kenny Omega's 39. You know, you have that one good run in WWE, you know, that puts you set up for life, man. And I know Kenny's made a lot of money. If you asked me a year ago, would Kenny Omega go to WWE where they want him? I'd say no. Now I think it's a coin flip. I'll be honest with you. Because I think that Cody's there and they see what Cody's been presented as. You might be able to get something out of this. Like Kenny Omega going there. You might. I don't want the Young Bucks there. No, thank you. But Kenny Omega there presented properly. Like I said, a year ago, pff, no way. Now, 
more possible than I think you think. And I, I'm going to watch this and everybody else is going to be watching it too to see what happens here. And it could just be a ploy for more money and that's perfectly fine. And maybe he'll get it. It's very possible that that's all this is. And you, of course, there's nobody else to leverage except WWE. So you got to use that. And speaking of Japan, we also got Mercedes Monet taking that belt off of Kyrie Sane after what one match like that was it. Like we gave Kyrie one moment and then we established a women's division in new Japan. And then all of a sudden now it's Mercedes Monet again. I mean, okay. But could we have done this over a longer period of time? Maybe, I don't know, but good for her. She has, seems like she's having fun. seems like things are going well for her. Good for her. She'll come back as a higher life form in a couple years at WWE. She'll be back in two years. Guaranteed. Kenny Omega leaving. You know, if Kenny Omega left AEW, it would be a huge wake up call for that company too. Because now you have no Kenny Omega, no CM Punk, maybe no Cody Rhodes. So what you built this company on is really kind of gone. And now you're going to have to invest in the MJFs and the Wardlows and all these other people that, you know, you can't keep running back these, these old washed up guys and you can't keep running John Moxley out there. Nobody cares about John Moxley anymore. I'm sorry. Crowd reaction is vanilla at best to him. It is mediocre. So I don't know. I don't know where AEW is going, but they better figure it out real fast. They need a booker in the worst way because Tony Khan is a good promoter, but he's not a good booker. He has done a good job of promoting AEW. It helps when you have a lot of money, <laughs> but in terms of actually booking it, he's lost right now. It is, it is completely lost and I don't know who can get it back on track. Maybe it's a Jim Ross or somebody like, I don't know. Right now, it just feels disjointed. It feels crazy. And look, everything's not hunky-dory in WWE. That Bray Wyatt stuff's a hot mess right now. But the stuff at the top in WWE is so good. And you see you see the workings of some... You see LA Knight back finally on SmackDown. And, and the crowd loves him. And he's got such control over them. You see the Bronson Reeds. You see the Damian Priest. You see where things are going in the next year or two. I don't know where AEW is going in the next year or two. And I want AEW to succeed. I like watching wrestling and I've been tough on AEW, but when it's AEW is great, it's great. It's not been great in a long time. So we'll see what this pay-per-view buy rate is coming up, but they got to figure things out and they got to figure it out quick. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to in this ring, wherever you get your pods and follow us on social media at in this ring and at Joe Pisa Pia 17 and make sure you share along the pod wherever you can we appreciate that i appreciate you sharing the pod i see you out there so that'll do it for me and that's the bottom line because joe p said so ole 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 with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.